This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. everybody thanks for listening to goat talk with the goat doc it is tales kind of from the road but mostly from the farm i i guess it's volume three um this is one of those episodes where i'm going to talk about something that's like more personal and an experience that has been going on for almost a year um and i've mentioned a couple times in podcasts that stuff's going on and things are up in the air and i haven't felt like i wanted to talk about it until it was actually nailed down and it's mostly nailed down today so i'm gonna talk about it If you don't care about what's going on in my life, that's okay. You don't have to listen. This is not going to be a podcast that is, like, particularly useful for you as a goat owner, but it might be useful to me someday when I listen back on it and uh, write my memoir or whatever. So um, this day today is July 17th, uh, 2019. Um, and almost a year ago, well, at this time last year, uh, my husband, Devin, and I were, like, at our wits' end with the farm. Um, we were milking too many goats. We had too many goat kids for our property, for our equipment, uh, to be able to keep up with making cheese like making cheese fast enough to keep ahead of what production was um we had employee issues um and basically like we had attempted to continue to grow our business but it was like not physically possible at our location which is in southern maine um currently and we, at this point last year, we were like, also, like, we've been at our current house for 13 years this summer, um, just over 13 years. We moved at the beginning of July in 2006, um, and we've been there for a long time. And the thing about where we are is that we're far away from our families. Uh, It worked out for vet school, and I was thinking about this recently um, because, like, it was a two-hour drive, roughly, for me to get from vet school at Tufts to home every weekend. Um, And that, that was longer than ideal, but doable. If it had been farther than that, it would have been much harder. So... It, it got us through that, but now me being back home and working, it's we're far away from family, uh, which makes it hard to see my parents and see my brother and 
be closer to our families, which live further north in like the central Maine area. My family does. Uh, so we started feeling like we needed to move because we wanted to move closer to family. Uh, and we also felt like the farm was too big for where we are and we needed to back off and milk fewer goats and make less cheese and make cheese just for a few select clients so Devin didn't have to worry about selling it and he could still do that and I could still be a vet and that would be what we would do so we started looking at properties you know watching the market online etc and we're kind of going from there until one day in probably like the first or second week of August in 2018 my husband follows on Facebook and I do too um, a page called Maine Farmlink and Maine Farmlink is to help facilitate the connecting of farmers and landowners whether it's to buy and sell land or to lease land or to have partnerships in uh, developing farms on land long-term leases all kinds of things and a property came up for sale from the Maine Farmland Trust in Maine, closer, much closer to Devon's family, like within 20-minute drive of Devon's family and like half the distance to my family. And it's a large parcel of land, over 200 acres, uh, about 80 acres of fields and the rest in forest. And... The um, just just land, and there was going to be a quote unquote open house. I say quote unquote because there was no house listed with the land. But we were like, oh, let's go look at it. What the heck? So we we went and looked at it. It's like middle of August, and we showed up, and the real estate agent wasn't there. And we showed up, and there's a house. So we pulled at the at the address on the road, we pulled into the address and there's this amazing huge old farmhouse and this amazing huge old dairy barn. So we kind of looked around a little bit, poked around a little bit, nobody's there. We got ready to leave a note on the door of the house and just as we were getting ready to leave the note and get back in the car, someone pulled into the driveway and it was the property owner. And at first, I think she was a little like, who are you guys? What's going on? We introduced ourselves and she said, do you want to see the house? And we said, of course, that would be amazing. So she should, this is the, the, the property was owned by a dairy farming family uh, who purchased the property in the 1940s. And the matriarch of the family had just passed away like the previous year. So like 2017, I think. And the family had decided to separate the house and the barn from the bulk of the 200 plus acres and sell it, or you know, sell the land separately. And they did it through the main farmland trust, so that the farm would be the farmland would be always a farm. 
Devin and I were like, that house is amazing. When we left, uh, the owner showed us around, showed us the whole place, told us the whole history. We talked about what it was like growing up there. She told us about her family. And Devin and I fell in love with the house. And But then we also kind of were like, this is crazy. We can't possibly buy all that land and buy the house and the barn and then separately... Uh, have to build a dairy like the barn is in need of complete renovation we have to you know we'd have to make it basically rebuilding it Um, and yeah so we didn't think too much about it until like the following week when we got together with Devin's side of the family for his and his sister's birthday uh they have birthdays are like a week apart so so they usually try to do some kind of birthday thing in august and so we talked with Devin's sister and her husband about it and the whole experience of the thing and how it wasn't really what we were thinking about because we're thinking about downsizing but it's such a cool piece of property um be really cool but we don't really need that I don't know. I'll have to ask Devin because I don't remember exactly how it came to be that I think his sister texted him or called him or something and said, we would like, we as in her and her husband would like to figure out if we can be a part of this. If we can all do this together. I'm sick of my job and I would like to work with you if that's something that you would like to do and how can what can we do can we make this work and that was kind of the turning point because then instead of two people managing a huge farm property suddenly maybe there were going to be four so we had to do this whole thing for the main farmland trust and we had to apply to be able to buy the land So that's what we did. Um, We put, and additionally, we put in a contingency in our application that we weren't interested in buying the land unless the family, the original owning family, was going to sell us the house. Because Devin and I, we went out there again, we met with the real estate agent, we talked with her, and we we stood out there in those fields and we looked back at that farmhouse and we said we can't possibly buy this land and build a dairy on this land and then see somebody else buy that house and either level it or renovate it we would feel like we're missing out on something that we've always wanted to do so we put that in our contingencies for buying the land and then we had to contact the owners of the land God, the more this is going to be like a three-parter, I swear to God, because now I'm going back all this time and I remember all these things that have been so challenging and stressful about this whole process. So we contacted the owners, we asked them what they would like to sell the place for. There was a distant relative who was maybe going to try to buy the place if he could get the money together. So we were waiting to see if that would happen. Uh, They didn't really tell us what they wanted for an asking price and 
it was kind of vague and a little bit awkward at first. So then we just wrote a, a offer, like a purchase offer, and sent it to them. Um, and at some point along the way, while we were applying to the main farmland trust to even be able to buy the land, uh, at some point this whole this whole timeline this is the fall of 2018 um at some point the farmland trust picked us they said yes we will sell you the land and the family said okay this more distant relative isn't going to buy the place and we will sell you the house on the separate adjacent lot so that was all well and good to some extent um, the first hurdle that we needed to climb uh, was purchasing the land, so 200-ish acres from the main farmland trust. And how are we going to do that and make it work for all four of us? Um, the intention would be, ultimately, that Devin and I move into the farmhouse, the old farmhouse, and that his sister and her husband would build a house on the land. When a property is put through a farmland trust, the intention of it is to maintain it as farmland and not have it be subdivided and developed and have like permitted uses, um, which are like related to agriculture. And there's some things we can't do with the land, but uh, most of them we don't care about because they're mostly like not agricultural and that's what we want to do. But part of the easement on this land was that we we could build a house, um, and they call it like the homestead area, and we could also build uh, buildings to have like worker worker housing. Um, so there's permitted uses for human housing, uh, one like primary res residence and one for like supposedly for like hired help. Uh, but where that becomes challenging is when we have two couples that are all like we would have to form we form we had to form an entity for the four of us to own the land together and then we needed to figure out how ultimately can Devin's sister and her husband build a house on the land and not have it and have it be owned by them and not have it be owned by all four of us and not have like crazy convoluted legal agreements and difficulty getting financing for building and all of these crazy things because when you start to think about it it seems like it'd be an okay idea but like it's pretty wild to when and if one thing I've learned in this whole experience over the last year, it's that bankers don't like to do things that are not very straightforward. Um, there'll be more. I'm sure there'll be more about that later. Um, so we had to go back to the farmland trust and ask them if they would permit a single division of the land for a lot for Devin's sister and her husband to build a house on and it would be a separate lot from the bulk of the land. 
So that was another thing we got to wait, I don't know, probably a month or more for before we got an answer on that. Um, in this whole meantime, I'm putting together a financing application and business projections and uh, getting estimates from contractors on building things and all of this stuff. And when I initially started looking at these things you know we were talking with regular banks and lending institutions about how are we going to finance this and they basically were like lol um and some of them were fairly rude uh and some of them i can't wait until our our amazing dairy build is done and we can have a opening party or participate in open farm day and I can send them a press release and kind of rub it in their faces a little bit because when someone tells me I can't do something I am definitely the kind of person who says hold my beer so that's that's my first <laughs> kind of frustrated comment about our financial lending system but anyway so we're probably now in like December January December uh, 2018 January 2019 um, getting all this stuff together waiting for the board to approve it working with a business lender who is more flexible with thinking outside the box and very supportive of agriculture in Maine uh, to help us buy the land, period, the four of us. We had to form, what we did is we formed a real estate holding LLC to to be the entity purchasing the land and the four of us are members of the LLC. so that all that took all this time and paperwork and meetings amongst the four of us hashing out how this was all going to work out and then finally we got that all sorted out and we purchased the land in april of this year 2019 on the back burner while that was happening so we kind of got the situation for the land purchase the 200 acres purchase uh mostly underway and on the back burner while this was all happening i also had to manipulate the figuring out the financing for the separate property which would be devon's and myself primary residence and the dairy and the barn and basically renovating an old cow tie stall barn into a modern milking facility for goats primarily but also able to milk cows in it so i'm fielding contractors and extra uh, like more funding sources how are we going to pay for this um and who's going to help us with it and how is this all going to work out um at one point in the last two years uh this is this is me kind of taking a step back and going back in time a little bit um I get emails from the Maine Department of Agriculture because we're a farm and 
at one point in the last couple of years, I got this fo- this email that was like, Maine announces new funding uh, called the Dairy Improvement Fund. And what the Dairy Improvement Fund is, a bunch of money, I don't even, I don't know how much, but uh, through a pro- program with the Department of Agriculture to fund dairy improvements. So buying equipment, building barns and milking parlors and things that would improve your dairy. When I got that email, I think that day, I called the Department of Agriculture and asked if Flying Goat Farm would be eligible for it. Uh, I think immediately the person on the phone told me, no, it was only for cows. So, discriminating against goat farmers. Uh, The next... So why I bring that up is because at some point this spring when I was trying to figure out how we were going to get money for all of this, um, we applied for a grant, an agricultural grant, and that was a whole separate saga. So that was like January-ish, I think. Um, that the bulk of that was going on. And I contacted the Department of Agriculture again because with the grant money, uh, our application for the grant money was to not only milk goats, but also milk cows and branch into mixed milk cheeses. So when we get over there and we have acres of pasture and space for more animals within the next few years we would like to get some nice jersey cows and start milking them as well Uh, so with that uh, idea in mind I contacted the Department of Agriculture again and I said oh hey um, if we're doing mixed milk cheese I was originally told that goat milk was not eligible for this dairy improvement fund, but if we were doing mixed milk, are we then going to be eligible? So then I had to wait probably at least two weeks for people to tell me the answer to that, and the answer now had changed to, oh, guess what? Not only is mixed milk eligible, but also goat milk is now eligible because there's since that email back previously within the last couple years and I was told no cows only there has been a whole turnover of staff in the Department of Agriculture and a new governor and a new agriculture commissioner who interpret things differently and determined that any lactating animal uh, dairy product was eligible for the Dairy Improvement Fund. So that turned into a whole nother thing because the Dairy Improvement Fund is a pretty awesome program if new and still having the kinks worked out of it, um, which provides us with long-term financing for our not insignificant dairy acquisition and investment and build um, for like at a very attractive and low interest rate, which is going to save us tons of money, which we can then turn around and dump into our business. But that was a whole nother application of uh, this whole insane process. And like, I don't even, I, 
almost don't e- it's almost too soon for me to talk about it right now because like I think I I was talking texting a friend earlier today and was, like I have I'm have PTSD from this whole thing like almost vet school level PTSD uh from the past 11 months of being judged by my credit score and my bank account by people who like to lend money to people with big fat bank accounts and collateral that is not a bunch of goats and stainless steel equipment. So being judged like that for almost a year has really probably... I said to my mom this week, like, I'm sure my baseline cortisol level for the last 11 months is significantly higher than it was the 11 months before that. Um, My blood pressure is probably higher. It'll be interesting to know what physical and medical effects this level of stress has had on me for the last year. Anyway, so the Dairy Improvement Fund, I had to initially apply... Uh, get together what they called an eligibility packet. So the eligibility packet is a description of the business and what the business was going to do, what we wanted to do with the money, whether that was eligible, uh, how much it was going to cost, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And that initially had to be reviewed by a committee and then sent to the agriculture commissioner for a sign-off and then it goes to what's called the finance authority of maine which is like a i don't know if it's an ngo it's an organization that works with the maine government to help administer loans and other funding programs for the state um and then the Finance Authority of Maine looked at our thing and said, you should do this, but you should do it differently. And we said, okay, and I adjusted our application, and it went back to the... The eligibility committee and went back to the agriculture commissioner. So that was a couple weeks right there waiting for everybody to do that. And then it was with the finance authority of Maine. So then I get to go through a whole bunch of other bankers all over again and feel like I was getting judged again. Um, And that process has taken probably a month or so. And then last week the loan committee met and had a split vote but guess what it's the department of agriculture commissioner who signs off on the whole thing at the end of it anyway so it's basically up to her whether she should fund it or not and we found out today that they would fund it and i feel like i might cry because i can't believe that that whole saga is kind of over at least now i kind of know what's gonna happen but now i also have to get insurance and get my lawyer on the same page as where we are and write a bunch of big checks for closing costs and all of this crap and then i have to organize contractors but i i mean optimistically we might be moved before Thanksgiving I hope I really hope 
um, which is fine. Devin's going to keep making cheese. It's all going to, that's going to be fine. We have to sell our current house. I, 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 I can't even quite believe that maybe it's real yet. Um, this is something we've always dreamed of doing, like having this land and being able to do things and like milk more goats and make more cheese and build this, the nice state-of-the-art dairy. We're really excited about it. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I will update. I'll definitely be posting Instagram stories and uh, pictures um, and probably we'll get more active on our farm website again, sharing what's going on, probably on the Instagram and the Facebook. It's Flying Goat Farm um, on Facebook and our Instagram is Flying Goat Maine I believe. Um, there's another Flying Goat Farm that is in Maryland, I believe, but they are Angora goats, so do not be confused. So that'll be the place to check out what's happening as far as building a dairy. Um, I gotta take some before and after pictures. There, there's so much other stuff that has gone into this. I'm talking with code enforcement and having to revisit purchase and sale agreements and writing operating agreements and all of this insanity. And I'm just at the point where, like, I just want to know what the monthly bill is and direct deposit it, direct withdrawal it from my account on whatever the date is. Like, let me know how much it is. Let me know when it's coming out. And I'll make sure it's there. I just want to do my job. I just want to fix animals and do my job. So, yeah, I, I can't believe that maybe this is close to being over. So, yeah. Uh, crazy things are afoot. Uh, it's definitely going to affect, like, my ambulatory practice. And that's a subject for a whole nother podcast right there. And there's some other fun stuff, too, that is only peripherally related to this, but has to do with the, the new farm, um, the, the entity that we formed to purchase and hold the land. is called Marybrook Farm. Uh, so Flying Goat Farm at Marybrook Farm will be the, the new location. Um, and some, some cool stuff is in the works, I think, for Marybrook Farm. So a to TBA to be announced as more information is developed. But yeah, that's part of what's been going on. And I will tell you more about it. And you can follow Marybrook Farm on Instagram. I will look at what it is right now because I can't remember. Uh, it's Marybrook Farm. M-E-R-R-I-B-R-O-O-K-F-A-R-M. All together, no punctuation. Marybrook Farm, uh, at Marybrook Farm on Instagram. So we can post what's going on there as well. If you're nosy and you want to see what's going on at that farm, you can come check it out. 
Uh, like I said, there'll be more parts to this, I'm sure. But this is part one. Tales from the farm. We'll talk to you guys soon. I'll keep you posted. Later.